girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode because this is going to serve as a reminder of this sneaky little thing that we do as humans where we unintentionally sabotage our own happiness. And obviously, the goal is not to be happy all the time. The goal is to be a human, which means you're going to have the full human experience. You've got those high highs, you've got those contrasting lows, and you got a lot of weird stuff in between, right? But it all serves you. But really on this podcast, I like to think of us like we're girlfriends. You know I care about you on the show. So my intention today is to remind you of the sneaky thing that we do called catastrophizing because it can unintentionally rob us of joy and fun and fulfillment and honestly just make life harder. And being a human and just like humaning through life is tough enough sometimes. So let's not make this harder on ourselves by catastrophizing at the little things or the big things in life. We're going to talk about both today. So let's just dig right into the juice. So let's get on the same page about what catastrophizing actually is. So it's this thing that we do as humans. I'm not pointing the finger at you. I do this too, where we exaggerate in a massive way in hopes to feel a certain type of emotion. And sometimes this looks like going to the worst case scenario, like a tiny little thing happens and we make it a massive problem or a mildly inconvenient thing starts our morning and we turn it into this whole commitment to looking for a bad day, right? Like taking five minutes and milking it into a whole day. And, you know, we do this for a lot of different reasons. I think it's actually a very common coping mechanism. We do it to manage future anxiety, thinking if we get ourselves stressed out now, it might make less of an impact on us feeling anxious later, although we know that's not actually true. Sometimes we do that. Or we do it to try and get attention or empathy or sympathy or connection with other people. And it's really interesting how we do this as humans. And we do it in these subtle ways in our day-to-day life, and we do it in massive ways that can really impact our perspective on the world and in turn the actions that we take. So let's take an example of like a subtle way that you could do this because I've definitely done this before. I'll give you a real example. So maybe you are running late to an appointment. So you're running into the kitchen, you're rummaging around, you're trying to take your protein shake and you're putting it into your shaker cup. And of course you're wearing a white shirt and then the protein shake gets all over your white shirt. So you have to run into your closet and you're trying to find another shirt. So you're rummaging through your closet and your significant other comes out of the shower and they're not even doing anything annoying. It's just mildly inconvenient. They're, they're like next to you in your space when you're running late. You find that shirt, you put the shirt on, you run out the door. You were kind of rude to your significant other, but you're like, okay, whatever. I just need to get to the car. You get into the car, put your seatbelt on, you're driving out. And all of a sudden you are stuck behind the slowest driver on the face of the planet. They are literally moving at glacial pace. And you're like, what the F? Why is this happening to me? And you made a decision in that exact moment that a five minute morning of like, you know, panic and a little bit of chaos is now turning into a bad day. So you've made that decision. So now whatever you look for, you're going to find you get to work. 
And all of a sudden, you're kind of cranky and just acting really irritable towards your coworkers. And because you're projecting that energy, they're reacting to it. And naturally, you're then making the conclusion because you're looking for evidence to support your current beliefs that it is, in fact, going to be a crappy day. And you've got crappy coworkers and it was just a crappy morning and everything sucks. I'm not blaming you. It's a human thing. I'm sure we can all connect with doing that sometimes. But that day, like one day experience is one thing. But when we're doing this on a broader scale and we're labeling seasons of our life as crappy, that's a problem. So we're going to talk about that, okay? So here's the thing. When we are you know, doing this very human thing where we're taking like a bad five minutes and we're catastrophizing it or we're taking one conversation or we're making a big deal. That's understandable. And I think it's really important that when we're doing this for seasons of our life, that we're very cautious about the labels that we're giving. For example, maybe you are in a season of life where you have labeled this as busy. You've got a lot going on right now. And, you know, every time something gets added to your plate, you're saying out loud or, you know, even in your own head, you're saying, ah, I don't have time to fit this in. I'm so freaking busy. And then your brain is doing what your brain is designed to do. Look for evidence to support your current beliefs to be true. So you're looking for all of the things that are on your plate that are making you feel this, you know, this state of busyness, which often has a negative connotation, like making you feel frantic or just overwhelmed or too busy, and you're looking at how hard your life is because it's so chaotic, right? Well, I don't believe that it's your fault that you have that initial thought. I think the problem, and we talk about this often, like when I listen into like podcasts or read books about positive psychology, that you're not responsible for your first thought, but you sure as hell are responsible for your second thought because your second thought is the one that will start to determine your perspective, which then drives your actions, right? So if you have decided, like you've made this conscious decision that you're super busy, you're in the super busy season of life, then you're gonna take the action of telling someone that you're busy because being busy is part of your identity. And then they're gonna naturally ask you what's going on or what's on your plate. And now your brain is in its prime mode where it's gonna scan for all of the reasons that you're busy, all of the overwhelm on your plate and look for evidence to to confirm this belief that you have about yourself that you're a busy person. And then it's gonna put you into this list mode where you're going to look for all these to-do items that you have or all of these things that are on your plate, items that aren't even urgent. Like I remember thinking, when I'm in a busy season, I'm like, oh, and we have to renew our tabs. I'm like, our tabs, like what the hell? It's just like your brain is scanning for things that you need to do to confirm and look for evidence to support the belief that you are in fact busy. That's a form of catastrophizing, right? Where you've picked a label and then you're frantically searching for evidence to support that label to be true. It might not feel as chaotic as the white shirt dumping your protein smoothie and then getting stuck behind someone in traffic that's moving at glacial pace. It might not always feel like that, but if we start to notice, we do this in a lot of different ways. And when we get on this catastrophizing, you know, mode, We are unintentionally getting ourselves overwhelmed thinking about everything that we have to get done by next Friday when it's Monday, simply because we labeled ourselves busy and then catastrophized because we wanted attention, empathy, sympathy, or connection. Because those are a lot of the reasons why we actually do this as a coping mechanism. Again, I'm not pointing the finger at you. I do this too. Like we do this as humans. This is a very primal thing that we do. It's just unnecessary. It's super common as a coping mechanism, but unnecessary because it reminds me of this thing that we also do as humans where we pre-stress, 
about a future stress, thinking that somehow that's going to protect future us from feeling overwhelmed later. But I don't know about you, but when I get stressed about something in the future, all it does is double my stress because then I'm stressed now about something that I can't control because it's in the future. And then if it is stressful later, then I get to be stressed then. So it's double stress. It really doesn't help, right? The only time that it helps thinking about something in the future is like the feeling before you go on a vacation, you know, when you get really excited about the vacation, it's almost more exciting to get excited about the vacation than actually go on the vacation. You know what I mean? That's the only time it's helpful. Um, From my perspective, I don't want to add any extra stress or any extra catastrophizing to my life. And here's the thing. When we claim our stake of like, I'm busy or this label of I'm busy, We are doing it from a coping perspective. Maybe we do want someone to empathize with us that life feels hard right now. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to ask for help, but we struggle with the words of saying, I need help for whatever reason, because we're socialized to wear busy like a badge of honor, because we think that it makes us weak if we ask for help, whatever story that we're telling ourselves, maybe... If you feel like you're in this busy season and you feel frantic, this is an opportunity for you to say, whew, like as I'm talking about this, maybe you're feeling this right now, as I'm talking about this, you're like, I do that. There's nothing wrong with you, right? It's called being human. Welcome to the club. There's 7 billion of us. But maybe this is an opportunity for you to recognize, I don't want to feel this way anymore. So what am I going to do differently? Because if we keep acting the same way over and over again and expect different results, that's literally the definition of insanity. You've heard that a million times, right? But I do want to also just say like your feelings are very valid and you're allowed to get overwhelmed sometimes or feel cranky or exhausted. That's part of being a human and having the human experience. But there's a big difference in your quality of life if you're unintentionally getting yourself worked up all the time by catastrophizing frequently right? It's one thing if this is like a one-off thing and you can kind of laugh with me about like the protein shake on your white shirt because you're like, boop, been there. But if this is a common theme in your life, I want to help you because I care about you, not do this anymore. And I catch myself in real time doing this about not the busy season of life, but when I say something like I'm frustrated or annoyed to be in this quote unquote waiting season, which is what I labeled this current season that I'm in. My husband, Cena, and I actually talked about this on the podcast last Thursday. It was a super raw, honest conversation that I think could be really, really helpful for you. So I'll link it in the show notes, but go check it out. It was literally last Thursday's episode. And, you know, whenever I label a season, if it's not a desirable label or a label that I have positive emotions with, it could be unhelpful, right? So like, When I label a waiting season, I then look for evidence to confirm how annoying it is that I don't have control or that I have to wait for things. I hope you're loving today's podcast. I have to pop in here real quick because I want to give a shout out to our sponsor of the podcast because the products from this company have been game changer for myself and my husband and so many of my friends that I make try this. And I think of us on this podcast like we're girlfriends, especially if you're struggling with anxiety, stress, or sleep. I really want you to check out the company called Soul CBD. I've been using their products for years, but especially when I talk about anxiety or change or entrepreneurship or loss or grief, or even just like trying to juggle all the big dreams that you have, I recognize that 
it's important to talk about supplements that can also help you because it's important of the mindset stuff, but why would you not give yourself some extra supplements to help? And what's really cool about Soul is their company is completely THC-free, non-toxic, organic, sustainably sourced, all the things. I want to reiterate the THC-free part because you don't feel different when you take their products. Like It doesn't change your personality. I was actually really worried about that when I tried CBD in general, but now I found that their gummies and their tinctures, which they have a ton of different flavors in, they just take the edge off. Like you can take them literally in the middle of the day and it just helps calm your nervous system like internally. And then they've got these game changer sleepy gummies. They've got a little bit of melatonin in them. I don't take them every single night, but like if you need to sleep well or you've been struggling with sleep and you want to sleep soundly and you want to fall asleep quickly and still wake up feeling refreshed, you have to try these sleepy gummies. So again, like the droppers and the gummies, the regular gummies, you can use those during the day. The sleepy gummies, if you really need to sleep, try them at night and change your whole damn life. Like seriously, I love hearing from those of you that try the Soul CBD products and you DM me or you text me. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They've got bath bombs. They've got topical cream. They got stuff for your dog. Literally, it's incredible. I use so many of their products. So I want you to try it. If you are struggling with any of the things I just mentioned, head over to mysoulcbd.com slash Keisha, K-A-C-I-A, and use code Keisha to get an epic discount on any of their products. And again, if you have questions, you know where to find me, but check them out. Honestly, I'm so grateful for their support of the show. And I just love these products and I think you will too. And it's a reminder to me of the patience that I lack. And then I catastrophize all of the things that I'm waiting for if I don't catch it. For example, Right now, we are figuring out where we want to live. When our lease is up at our apartment that we live in downtown Denver, we're wanting to buy a home that has more space. We've actually, we've bought a lot of real estate investment properties, but we've never bought our own home. We've been together for 14 years. We're really excited about the season, but we haven't been able to find the home that we want yet, right? So we're looking for that. We're wondering when we're actually going to get pregnant, although we're not even actively trying to get pregnant. We're actually trying not to get pregnant right now. You know what I mean? And, and, and honestly, like I can't control any of those things. But when I label this as a waiting season, like even in my business where I'm like, okay, I've got this space between, you know, where I am now and like our big event and like some of the retreats that we're doing and cool things that we're doing for Empower Her, where I don't feel like I'm in this massive hustle season, which I'm really used to hustling. I'm actually in this like, calm season so much so that my body doesn't even know how to really react to the space that I'm creating to see what's next. So that feels like quote unquote waiting. It's not me waiting. It's just me creating more space. Right. And you know, what's really helpful for me is I catch myself with that label, the label of a waiting season. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel good because it's robbing me of joy and fulfillment. Now it's robbing me of the gift of today. I talk a lot about the fragility of life on this podcast, and I truly do believe that it is such a beautiful gift to literally have this exact day. And I don't mean this in like a fluffy Pinterest quote quite a way. I mean this in like a holy crap, how cool it is that we're alive, that we woke up this morning, that you're listening to this podcast podcast. Maybe you're in the shower, tossing your loofah in the air, girl, you're working out or you're doing laundry. Like what a gift that today is. And, you know, I'm sure that you can think of a time in your life 
where you once wanted exactly what you have now, or even one component of your life, right? Where I can get frustrated about the fact that we don't know when our house is coming that we want to buy, but how grateful am I that we're in a position that we can buy a house? And when I'm like, oh, like, when will we get pregnant? I'm so grateful that I'm doing life with someone that I want to have a baby with. Like a prior version of me would be so in awe of the fact that I'm married to this person that I'm obsessed with. Like, this is such a beautiful time in our life. I never want to wish away this season season now in hopes for another season simply because maybe that season will be more comfortable for me or I don't even really know. It's not going to be more comfortable actually, especially like growing a baby. That doesn't feel like that's going to be comfortable. I know nothing about that, but you know what I mean? Like I just want to encourage you if you are in a season of any sort of label, whether it's busy, don't wish away your days. Whether it's waiting, don't wish away your days. Whether it's uncertainty, don't wish away this path because when you do figure it out, whatever comes next for you, you're going to be so grateful you're going to literally look at this version of you right now because you're the only person that you're going to spend every single second of every single day with for the rest of your freaking life. So you know the thoughts that you're thinking. You know the pep talks that you're giving yourself. You know the times that you want to throw in the towel or you want to say F this, but you keep going. You're the person who knows that, which means a future version of you is going to be proud of you for how you handle this right now. Even if this is a season that maybe you want to wish away. Um, So when you're catastrophizing, recognize that is robbing yourself of joy and fulfillment. And I just don't want that for you, just like I don't want that for myself. Because you know, on this podcast, I believe that both you and I deserve lives that we're not kind of sort of into, but that we're obsessed with, right? So my point is, you can catastrophize like seasons of like a busy or a waiting season or like, ah, what's coming next season. But you can also catastrophize the tiny little things right? Like the best example that I can think of is like when I'm cranky and someone does something like mildly inconvenient, um, in particular, if I'm sleep deprived, which is why I'm so obsessed with sleep. And I talk about sleep all the time because if I'm sleep deprived, I get a little cranky. And if someone say my husband, Zena, does something like mildly annoying or a little bit inconvenient, I find that I like to like project on him sometimes like I'm working on it, right? It's not something I do all the time, but I'm just keeping it real with you. You know, in this podcast, we're girlfriends, like it's a come with me kind of show. Like I'm not trying to pretend like my issues all together, but sometimes I catastrophize on him, maybe like not doing a tiny little thing that I asked him to do. And then I exaggerate this into this huge mountain of a problem. Like, do you even care about me? You didn't take out the garbage, like whatever, you know? And then I'm off. I have to be like, Keisha, slow your freaking roll. You are catastrophizing. And what am I doing this for? I either want attention, empathy, sympathy, or connection. That's why we often catastrophize. So I can go back to that. It's like, whatever my reaction, this is just like something I do all the time. When I notice that my reaction is bigger than the actual problem or the mild inconvenience or the annoyance or whatever, I have to go back to the fact that when my reaction is bigger than that, that means something else is going on internally, right? And again, I'm not saying that like bad things won't happen, that it would be totally understandable to catastrophize. I'm not saying that you won't be frustrated or overwhelmed. Like I don't live in this land of like denial with rainbows and happy little unicorns and butterflies coming out of my butt every day. Like I don't live that way, but I just don't want this sneaky thing that we all do sometimes in different ways in an effort to connect or get empathy or sympathy or just prove to ourselves that we're quote unquote right because so many of us don't want to be wrong. Well, I don't want that to rob you of joy or happiness. And the best way that I've really learned to manage all of this is to say, is it really that bad or can I find the good? 
Is it really that annoying? Or is this just mildly inconvenient? Right? Am I really sucking and like horrible at this? Or am I just new and stumbling a little bit? Like if you catch yourself catastrophizing, what if you just took a second? Right? Like in this moment, maybe you can even like recognize that you did it this morning. It's it's okay. I'm not judging you. I do it too sometimes, right? But like maybe you can catch yourself and you can say, wait a second, what are all the good things? that have happened to me today? What are all the blessings in my life right now that a prior version of me once wished for or prayed for? Like, what are the people that I have in my corner that literally make my world go round that I'm so grateful for? Like when I look at my life or even how I show up in the world as a human, what are some things that I can intentionally notice? Because whatever you look for, you're going to find that I can feel really freaking proud of myself for because I've worked really hard to become that person or accomplish that thing. And I can feel proud of myself because gratitude has a way of like anchoring us when we're in a spiral, when we're in an anxiety spiral or a catastrophizing spiral, right? And, you know, when we're doing this catastrophizing thing with our life, I love asking myself, especially when like a curveball comes in, I love asking myself, how could this thing that's a little bit annoying or mildly inconvenient or even really hard that just came up, how could that actually have happened at the perfect timing? If even at first I catastrophized it and didn't want it to happen and felt like it was the worst thing ever, how if I'm just playing devil's advocate, could this be the best timing for this thing to happen? Right. And I mentioned this on last Thursday's episode with my husband, Zena, but I'll just touch on it today too, is like, you know, I'm learning a ton about this season of waiting where there are two major things that I really want right now in my life that I cannot control when we'll get pregnant and when we'll find a house. Right. And again, I understand that these are great problems to have, and I'm grateful and I understand my privilege and I'm not trying to say that these are bad problems. I'm saying this is just what I have a little bit of anxiety about because I can't control it. But when I think about those things that I can't control, or I think about the uncertainty, I get to feel rooted in the fact that this is a lesson that I need to learn. I want to learn how to be more patient, especially before we become parents. I want to learn how to lean into this season and recognize that this is a different type of growth than I'm used to. This isn't a hustle, like a hustle, like busy, like crush it type of season for me right now. This is a lean in, learn how to manage my internal nervous system type of season. And I feel as if this growth that I'm having as a human is going to serve me as a parent, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, as a podcaster, as a leader, as an event host, as a speaker. Like I truly do believe that it's serving me, even though it feels uncomfortable. And even though it's a, it's an edge for me right now that I'm working through. So maybe you have that in your life too, right? There's nothing wrong with you. If you're catastrophic, Again, welcome to the club of being human. We all do it in subtle ways or big ways. It's just about catching yourself. If it's robbing you of fulfillment or fun or joy, or it's making you wish away a season of your life because I just don't want you to do that, you know? So if catastrophizing is a default coping mechanism for you right now, it might just be because things aren't in your control or because you're looking for external validation. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But remember, you can always control your perspective. And this is a reminder that I'm giving to myself in real time. I can always control if I'm looking for the good, if I'm asking myself better questions because then I get better answers. And you can always get validation from one person in your life, your damn self, right? You can remind yourself what an incredible job that you're doing of being a freaking human because like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, sometimes that's hard. And 
we don't give ourselves enough credit. We can be our own worst critics. So I love you. And if you're catastrophizing, I hope that these tips were helpful for you. Know that we're in this journey together. That's why I started this podcast four years ago, because I just wanted to say, come with me. We're just going to figure out life together. I care about sharing in real time what I'm going through. I don't have all the answers. I don't want to pretend like I have all the answers, but just know that I'm grateful that we have each other in this. I love you. I'm rooting for you. If this episode was helpful for you, my favorite thing is when you tag it on Instagram, because then I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out about the show. And that then spreads the show to all of your friends. And that's just so helpful to grow this podcast community that I love so freaking much. Plus, if they're friends with you, then I want to be friends with them too. You know what I mean? Because like all of us, we got to stay together. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon, girl. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.